Welcome to the Sticky Bone Boys. I'm David. And I'm Michael 2.0. Oh, I like this new and improved Michael. Such nice hair. Why, thank you. And I'm pretty sure that this new and improved Michael would actually make it to the final. Oh, the shade. Imagine if there actually were two Michaels. That is a lot of Genoese chat. But no, Michael 2.0 is in fact the gorgeous, the magnificent, the stunning Christelle. Oh, thank you for having me and welcome to my very Christmassy living room. Yes, we've swapped Michael's living room for Christelle's and no one is sitting on the floor because producer Alex is also on his hollybobs. So in true desperate times call for desperate measures, I'm flying solo and have been left in charge of the record. Who knows if any of this tech will actually work. David, I actually love that you describe two microphones and a laptop as tech. Oh, Christelle, you have no idea. Should we get on with the episode? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Christelle, a long-time follower, first-time caller. I hope you're having a lovely time with David. Um, I've got a question for you. Now, I don't know whether you listened to our recap of your season, but I do distinctly remember me rooting for you the whole way, thinking it was yours to win, um, but David actively rooting against you and thinking Giuseppe deserved the win, whereas I stayed Team Christelle the whole time. And I just wanted to hear what your thoughts on that were. so harsh i feel misrepresented <laughs> that is i just i wasn't sure what he was gonna say but that is the best thing ever so the reality is i thought giuseppe was gonna win from the start like from the very first moment we watched it and then michael decided that you should have just won the whole thing and i'm not sure he's told giuseppe this um yeah. whereas i definitely thought your focaccia in the final was the losing thing yeah no and I actually no Giuseppe definitely should have won um, obviously very sweet of Michael to say this but he's definitely doing this to to stir <laughs> <laughs> there is no other reason um but I also think for us our final it was basically all three of us made a mistake and it was who made the worst mistake because in the signature Chiggs's carrot cake was really stodgy in the technical, Giuseppe burned his buns, and uh, burned his sticky buns. And then for me, I made a rule for catcher in a showstopper. So we all made a mistake in every challenge. And so I think it just came down to who made the worst mistake or who made uh, the least worst mistake. And that was Giuseppe. Oh, who made the worst mistake? Oh, which one they decided to push on the edit to, to go, with the, all that. go with the theme. Um, anyway, it's dessert week. It is dessert week. I hate dessert week. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I think dessert week for me is always the week where I just, I think you really start to see all the technicalities. It's all very stressful. No one really knows what dessert is. Um, yours was quite early on, wasn't it, in your series? Yeah, our dessert week was week four. Mm. And it was, and I remember when we got the briefs, I was really stressed out because I was like, why am I making a bavoir and a jaconde and all this stuff in week four? But I quite like that, actually, because sometimes it gets a bit gentle, like in some ways... The people who are just mediocre bakers, they can just get chopped off at the legs yeah. um, on week four. 
when it's dessert week. Ours was a bit later on. I just don't, I'm not a massive fan of desserts. It's all a bit sloppy and wet and soft. It's a bit kind of like old people can eat this. Uh, so it's not my, <laughs> I, I have to say, and I'm not just saying because you're sat here because it wasn't you that wrote it, but your week's dessert week was one of the best ones with the Jaconde Impromés and stuff. Yeah. They, they had some substance to those desserts. Yeah, they were. I, it was, it was, I mean, at the time I hated the challenge because it was so difficult. I had to make my one, the one I tested at home, I cannot, David, explain to you how many times I did it because the jacon kept on splitting open and we had a sea of pineapple jam in in my kitchen about five times it was awful and the worst thing about that is that even then in a practice if it works you then think well on the day is it going to be the working one or is it going to be the five that yeah. split um this week michael is absolutely gutted to be in paris yeah of course oh. he is but he is gutted <laughs> because he is such a Christelle fan oh. and he would love to be doing this but also this is week seven and michael has this theory about the week seven elite it's not just because he went out in week seven. <laughs> he always says the most iconic baker goes out in week seven. And let's see. I mean, we already know what happens, but let's see. So the signature this week were eight creme caramels in two hours and 45 minutes. Mm. What do you think? So when I first heard of it, I thought, oh, it's actually quite straightforward. And I've noticed actually with this season, I do think they have stripped it back a bit more, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Um, and initially I did think, oh, creme caramel, is that a bit simple but actually seeing what they all did they did all manage to do something quite interesting with their flavors yeah it is quite simple and you're right they definitely have gone very simple for this year unfortunately they've gone simple and then just chopped the time off which isn't really the point yeah creme caramel i hate them creme brulee lovely creme caramel i remember as a child trying it for the first time and almost vomiting i just really? think they're disgusting Oh my, I love them. Do you know the ones you used to get in the pot and then the little, the pots with the ridges around the edge and then there's a little foil seal and you take it off and that's how it all pops. I love them. suction yeah. noise. And I don't know what it is because I love custard. We talk about custard. Like it's literally my favorite thing. But I think it's the fact that it's so set is not my thing. So do you not like a panna cotta either? Oh, I love a panna cotta. Yeah, but creme caramel is cheap and nasty. I'm just so sophisticated, Christelle. Ah, uh, okay. All right. All right, fine. So with flavors and things, whose did you like? Who stood so, out? Oh, so there were a few. I obviously love Saku's. And the reason why I've, so my brother-in-law is half Sri Lankan. So I've tried Vatalapam and it's a really lovely dessert. And I actually think it was a bit of a shame because she made an authentic Vatalapam, which is a lot more set than a traditional creme caramel. So I actually think she made it really well, but texture-wise it wasn't as wobbly or as light as what a traditional creme caramel would be. I mean, surprise, surprise, Paul and Prue not knowing about something that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you then pronounced it because I wasn't going to try. Uh, <laughs> using jaggery, as you yeah. know, jaggery is a gorgeous flavor. Very yeah. interesting how it wasn't necessarily going to work for the caramel as mm. well. Um, she did say that she wanted to do it not too thick and wibbly and bibbly in the middle, which is definitely, I can relate to that. That's <laughs> that's my style as well. I like that. Um, they did say it was, yeah, it was pretty. They said it was too sweet as well, mm. which usually you can take if something's fragrantly spiced. I quite like the sweetness. Yeah, I agree because she had cardamom in there and coconut, which is quite fatty. So I think having the sweetness, it's usually quite well balanced. So mm. And they, oh, the thing that was good about this challenge, that's always nice about these is... There's a jeopardy in the turning out. Yes. And there's a jeopardy in how long do you bake them for in the oven because it's a different oven. I mean, mm. you you were the year where you were using the practice thing, so you're using the ovens, whereas these guys would have been practicing at home and you may have got it perfect and you come and use the tent oven. You don't really know when yeah. it's like 30 seconds between it. So who else has stood out for you? Dan's. I just, I don't like the way he marketed it. 
So because it wasn't a Thai green curry, they were Thai flavors in a creme brulee. And the flavors sounded amazing. If that was on a menu, I would definitely order that. But I think the marketing and the name of it just it just didn't make sense. Yeah, because it was very similar to the Vatalapan. <laughs> it was really similar to that. It's a bit basically fragrantly spiced. Yeah. Like it's a lovely, beautiful, I mean, the galangal lemongrass. Mm. And to be fair, Paul very down on it to start off with because he's got no taste. And then coming to the <laughs> judging, he did concede it was beautiful. Like that, yeah. I was the same. That one sounded amazing. And the fact that his was slightly underdone in the set, I prefer that. Same. I do not want an overcooked, curdled, grainy custard. Yeah. I would much rather have it where it's a bit too slack and kind of yeah. falls to pieces a bit. So yeah, very, very good. I did like Josh's plums mm. and custard. I think there's a, something about Josh where it seems like his whole personality on Bake Off is his nan. <laughs> Which is um, quite, my mum finds it really endearing. She was like, Christelle, have you seen he's got a framed photo of his nan? I was like, I know, and that was there last week. And it is, it's really sweet. She was basically asking for you to, why, why didn't you put a yeah, framed photo of her on there? It was a bit of a backhanded <laughs> comment, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's lovely. It's so nice. And I wonder how much the production company are pushing that for kind of like, oh, come on, this is a really nice thing. It's going to be sweet. Yeah. But okay, right. We've had enough of your nan's tastes now. But plums and custard, <laughs> was fantastic yeah he was an overbaker. christy was also yeah. an overbaker. you could see because they said interestingly about the bubbles if you see the bubbles yeah. on the edge you know it's been overbaked. but you know i don't know if you had it in your season but we definitely had it in the tent where it was just common knowledge that always best to overbake than underbake because if you have a cake or anything that's overbaked, it's still edible whereas if you have something that's raw then you're basically going to go out because it's inedible. So there was always this consensus of, oh, I'm not sure if it's done. I'd rather it's overbaked than underbaked. Yeah, that is a really good point, actually. I've never thought about that. Probably should have thought before going on Bake Off. Um, <laughs> Matty, what do you think of Matty's? Oh, yes. Obviously, chai. Sorry, I should have said that. Obviously, I love any bathe me in chai. Um, and it was interesting because, again, the way it was edited, it seemed like he wasn't going to do it. And it was all a bit hit and miss. And then they turned out beautiful. So I mean, that. he did have a nightmare with caramel and you never know if it's one of those things where he doesn't understand the principles of caramel or whether it's like okay i don't have an induction hob at home mm. these aren't my pans this is just an absolute nightmare i don't know what i'm doing uh he was really clever i think by doing 12 yes really smart and i love it when people do that i think i did that for a couple of challenges where i made spare when i could but with the creme caramel it's so easy because you just make a larger batch and the same cooking time so very very smart especially if you're turning them out onto individual sauces i also that was quite clever because yes. if you turn them out onto one thing and one comes out as a disaster you kind of have to scrape it off whereas if you're doing it in individual sauces yeah um he did use chai tea bags what do you think about that with the authentic mm, yeah unsure um I mean, if the flavor was good, then great. But personally, if you're going to get the flavor of chai, you want to put the whole toasted spices in there. Like I'm really big on my chai. You want to toast your whole cardamom pod. You want to toast the cloves, toast the ginger, and then you're going to add some tea. You can put tea bags in, but you need to supplement it with lots of spices. So and you need to do that thing where you let the milk bubble up and then go back yeah. down, bubble, go back down. Yeah, to get the real kind of like caramelly kind of flavors as yeah. well. And oh, oh my goodness, I love chai so much. But I have to say, Prue, who likes all the spicings, she said it was amazing. Mm. And she said with Matty's, she wanted to go back for more, which is very good. They were quite small. Matty's were quite small, weren't they? They were a little bit small. A yeah. couple of inches. And Tasha, she, I thought she had a clever idea to start off with by using honey. Mm. It's actually called burnt honey when you reduce honey yes. down a bit. But honey is sweeter than sugar. And it didn't really work as a caramel after baked. And she should have probably known that by practicing because it kind of yeah. went to a liquid, didn't it? Yeah, that's the one thing I always, and my mum always gets really frustrated when we watch the show when someone's bake goes really horribly wrong. My mum's like, but surely they practice. Like they would have known. I'm like, mum, but these things happen in the tent. You don't know. 
but yeah and you have so little time to come up with the ideas for this that when yeah I always found that because you the brief comes you think of an idea you think okay I've got it this is amazing you practice it if it goes wrong you kind of think I haven't got time to start at the scratching because I've got the next brief now mm. so I'll tweak it a little bit and then it comes to the practicing of the week and you're like oh yeah this one wasn't that great like what am I yeah. going to do and so you're kind of making do a lot of the time yeah which people don't realize when they're watching well that's what happened with me which is why I put miso in three recipes three weeks in a row because when I was practicing you don't have a lot of time so my mindset was okay I'm going to practice weeks one to three a bit of four a bit and then the rest I'm just going to basically wing it and I just thought, well, I'm not going to get to week six, seven, and eight. So I'll just bang miso in all three recipes because it doesn't matter. And then I was there in week six, seven, and eight thinking, oh my gosh, I put miso in another thing. But I just didn't think I was going to be here. So now what? And we loved it. <laughs> and that was my personality trait. <laughs> miso queen. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that it is a tough thing. Mm. And especially, like you say, not wondering how far you're going to get and thinking, I've got to put most of my effort into the early ones, not knowing if I'm going to be around the later ones. Yeah. I definitely remember that being an issue as well. I think in general, I didn't put that much effort into the practices. I did try and mm. put effort into the briefs, like the original ideas, because I think that's yeah. probably the important bit. Yeah. Uh, and you are allowed to make small changes as well. Look at us throwing the tea. So from the <laughs> signature, the they were, I didn't think that it was relatively equal. Yeah, I think I Paul agree. made out that the men were at the top probably and the women were at the bottom, probably more on the technicalities of the bakes and yeah, things yeah I think so because there were a couple that were overbaked but I think overall there were no disasters so I think it was pretty pretty consistent for for the signature and then we went on to the technical oh my gosh this was so funny I mean Twitter was alive afterwards and not in a positive way <laughs> for Bake Off uh, do people not find it funny I mean, I think people found it funny, but I think people also just thought, I think people were probably feeling for the bakers, mm. which is kind of ironic because the bakers seem to find this more funny than anything. Because when yeah. everyone is doing bad, you can laugh about it. Yeah. But basically the technical was six orange and ginger treacle steamed puddings with a custard and a caramel sauce in one and a half hours. By the way, can I just have a small round of applause from everyone out there for the fact that because Michael's not here, I am remembering to write everything down for these challenges. <laughs> I notoriously don't write anything down normally. I mean, it sounded fine until the one and a half hours. Yeah. So I think the main issue with that challenge was everyone had an issue making that syrup and that caramel. And because they had to keep on remaking it, by the time they made their sponge, it just wasn't enough time for the challenge. So I'm sure they would have known that though. I mean, it seemed like the caramel took people a long time. It was very strange. Tasha looked like she was just boiling water. Yeah. Had she forgotten to put sugar in hers? But it was weird because they literally had made caramel in the first, in the, in the signature yeah which felt a bit similar and it was custody in the first one as well and making custard again it felt a bit weird this with like it was yeah. basically a custard and caramel challenge but yeah I agree I think what they've done this year is they've had this backlash for like let's go back to the basics yeah they've gone back to the basics and then they've just stripped all the time yeah making it I mean as we found with this one this was a no-win technical it was literally impossible to do it yeah based on the fact that they didn't have a lot of instructions it's oh I mean it's not great I always find this is really hard for the home economists. It's not pollen for everyone. Shock horror. Yeah. <laughs> the home economists, because if they do one that's too easy and everyone kind of smashes it, yeah. like they did in week one where the bake-off cake, it's like, oh yeah, everyone's looked good. Everyone's looked the same. Yeah. It's bad. But then equally, if everyone's goes wrong, yeah, it makes good TV, but it also frustrates people. Yeah. I like the fact that Matty, for making his caramel, was using this most gigantic wooden spoon. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. In this tiny little pan, what was he? Why did he have that? Do you know what? Also, I was in tears. You know when he went to turn out one of his puddings, and 
it like fell out his hand and there was just batter everywhere. Do you know what it reminds me of? Which was another really funny moment. It was your series, Priya, when she went, I think you guys had to make um, custard tarts. Oh yes. And she like won, I think when she was putting it on her tray, like it was upside down. And I just remember the whole thing being so funny and it just reminded me so much of that. The turning out of things is probably one of the best bits of yeah. Bake Off. Oh my gosh, that. literally. The, the suspense and you're waiting. And as a viewer, you're hoping it's raw because obviously that's the best TV. Yeah, I, actually <laughs> it's really harsh. But I remember in our final, we had a similar one of this, but we did the cheese double baked <gasps> oh cheese souffles in the final. And I turned my first one and I was like, I was visibly deflated, obviously, because I was like, oh, that looks rubbish and it's a bit raw on top. And then my food producer just looked at me and said, David, look at Steph. And I glanced over and saw Steph turning out what was basically exactly the same as what Matty yeah. was turning out, but a savory version, <sighs> just this like slop. And I was like, okay, keep on going. And like just <laughs> gave me that energy to like push on. And I actually won that technical. Um, so you don't even have to do that well to win if people are doing really badly. Yeah. I was watching this thinking, okay, they're making this ginger caramel. I would just use, you know, they actually had the stem, the stem ginger, ginger and the syrup. syrup. I literally thought, I was like, just use the damn syrup. It's there. Pour that in the pan, reduce it down and you're yeah. done. Yeah. Also, weirdly, I noticed in, it was only at this point I noticed that Josh mm. was wearing this cream t-shirt and on the t-shirt, when it got really close, I could see it had all these like red buildings on it, but it actually looked like he was bleeding out. I thought the exact same thing. I looked and I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I noticed it was a t-shirt. I had the same same reaction. I mean, it could have been a Halloween Halloween outfit, but mm. yeah, not great. And then we had the moment. So they all basically, you had to bake them or steam them for yeah. 40 minutes. No one did. Everyone was doing it for less time, mainly because they didn't have enough time. Yeah. And so they all did their own molding. Matty's was obviously the most disastrous. <laughs> he was just pouring out goo from his mold. <laughs> um, but no one's really worked that well. Yeah. Tasha's were the best mm. and that's because she didn't do what she said she actually took them out of the water bath and just baked them for a bit longer in yeah. the oven uh, but when she was unmolding she did her last one and she basically had unmolded a big dick yeah in 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 Jan's um in Jan's style and I actually saw Jan did a great comment I was on the bake-off post and she said Tasha you have passed my phallic food styling course with a plus plus something like that and I just <laughs> thought I loved it that line of Jan's if you're going to serve it, serve it phallic. That goes down in Bake Off history is one of the best things ever. Definitely. And I'm, I, it's nice to see that some bakers have taken that on and are continuing it. Yes. Normally, this is the point where Michael does these funny, like slightly dirty bits about to do with the judging to say, um, you know, innuendos and things about what the judges said. Mm. Unfortunately, this week, for everyone's, it was just inedible, inedible, yep. inedible, which actually probably would work with Michael as well because that's not a very nice thing to say about someone uh but yeah they were all pretty much equally bad yeah in sixth there was Matty fifth there was Saku fourth there was Christy third there was Josh second there was Dan and first there was Tasha but really it was a kind of a total fail technically I don't think Tasha's really going to take a win from that yeah and actually the judges then went on to say we, we're gonna have to just ignore the technical when it comes to judging because it was all pretty rubbish. Which, if I was in their season, I would have been so happy because I hated technical. So if everyone failed, I would have been like, great, because I hated them. I loved the technical. <laughs> that was literally my favourite part of any oh. weekend was the technical. How many did you win in your season? I think I won two, but then I came second in uh, six or something. So really? I was in the top two for... and But then one I came last, like 
right down at the bottom. We talk about this a lot because Michael had a panic attack and left the tent and I still came last. No. Um, and then one of the, the very first week I didn't do so well. But oh. yeah, as a general rule, I loved the technicals. They oh my, my gosh. I was, I was bottom of the pack for all of them. Came last in loads. And I only won the technical in the final. And that's because there were three of us. And Giuseppe burnt his. And Chiggs is just, he shaped us wrong. So I literally, it was... No, take that, Cristal. I mean, you I'll look, take it. You got better and better. And yeah. then you won in the final. I was on a journey. Okay. The next day, they'd all had a bit of a calm down. And it was the showstopper. So for the showstopper, they had to do a sharing size dessert encased in a meringue bomb. Mm. And they had four hours. What did you think of this? Great. I think it was a really great challenge because obviously with a meringue bomb, so much can go wrong. And the unmolding of like this spherical meringue is always going to be really stressful. And then having to encase a dessert in there. Yeah, I think it was a really good challenge. Very hard, but you can still get very creative. Lots of room for error. Um, as to what as a viewer, it's going to be very tense and interesting. So yeah, good challenge. I really liked it as well. I thought the bomb was quite good because it's kind of a certain that like they're all going to do a similar bomb yeah. with a French meringue. So you've got that thing where you can kind of compare, but it's actually also very creative because how they decorate and what mm. they put in the middle is very individual. Who stood out for you, either good or bad? Oh, so uh, Dan's obviously was really good. I, I like the idea. I like the idea. I, Sandra did something similar last in last season, but it wasn't, they had to do a dessert and he also did the earth with a core and everything. It reminded me of that. So I like the idea of it um, and the way he thought about the earth and doing all the layers in there. Love Josh's as well. Josh, I just feel like, and I, we, we chatted about this before, but I think the way that they're editing Josh, they're almost trying to play him down a bit. I personally think he's going to win because he's mm. just been so consistent every week. His ideas are amazing. I think he should have got Star Baker way more times than he has. And that's no discredit to the other bakers, but he's just yes, been so... Well, <laughs> stop it um but he has been really really good and even this week he had it was a flawless flawless design the idea he's always very creative do you remember that burger he did yes i thought i thought josh had it this week as well mm. i think his was basically almost perfect he's like because he's chemistry phd so he understands all yeah. the science he get everything looks neat as a pin it's like he's had an hour extra than everyone else yeah so yeah i actually agree i think his were really good um he obviously is an overachiever because he also exclaimed at one point that he thought he could fit both in at the same time yes which i definitely can't <laughs> uh, but yeah his was brilliant tennis themed strawberry and cream very very simple and mm. um, it was stunning from the inside us stunning from the outside and then from the inside yeah how he'd managed to achieve that was brilliant dance like you say i thought dance was very good he had this layer in the middle which was a meringue layer which made it look less spherical it kind of extended it and i was like you don't yeah. need that bit. yeah but i also thought his was genius because a trifle like everyone else was making desserts and just sitting them in yeah whereas to actually manage to put a trifle inside and keep its shape yeah i thought that was fantastic dan said that his is dense uh, and you need to be delicate moving it around, ah. which I don't have any experience in. No, me um, neither, sadly. But yeah, his also, they love the flavours, which is always a really good thing when it ties yeah. in together with flavours and things. Yeah. There were some people that struggled slightly. Mm. Um, Christy, I always think that Christy, it's a bit like me, she's a woman after my own heart and doing things quite simple, not pushing themselves too much. In a lot of challenges, I am, yeah, Christy and I are like spirit animals. But in this one, she definitely was over ambitious mm. and i was at first i was quite like oh this is gonna be brilliant with a croc and bouche yeah. inside a bomb with all these kisses all around the edge but it didn't really work out no. very well and i i'm sad and i actually think sometimes playing it simple but doing it really well and making it look really impressive is the way to go and bake off because 
I think when people sometimes fail is when they try to take on too much, they promise and then they just, they don't do it. My first job, my manager said to me, always under promise and over deliver. And I have taken that with me for the rest of my life. And that's what you need to do on Bake Off. And I think she said, I'm making a crock and boo. She didn't make it. Whereas if she just said, I'm going to make shoe buns, it would have been fine. It's like Saku. Every time she's like, I'm going to do three different types of profiles. Yeah. Just do one you and do it well. You don't need to, yeah. But I come back to this because my friend who I used to watch Bake Off with, we always had this thing of just saying, why they just stuck macarons on there? If mm. they'd spent more time just doing the cake, they didn't need those macarons. Like, yeah. So we always shouted at the TV. So when I was on it, I was like, okay, every single time I was doing it, I had that voice in my head, mm. exactly like you're saying, under under promise, promise over, over deliver. deliver and keep it simple and do it really well and anytime i'd hand my briefs in the food producer would write back saying are you sure you've done enough are you sure this is going to be okay oh, really? so the food producers do push you because but... they know one they want you to push yourself yeah. but also they know that pu- by pushing yourself you might push it a bit too far yeah um so yeah christie's mm, yeah it wasn't great saku's i was a bit oh, i was a little bit upset first of all i love the fact that when paul came over he said, you let me down yesterday. And Saku just turned around and was like, please let it go, Paul. Yeah, like, yeah. She gives sass to Paul every time. I love it. Uh, she is just, I cannot explain how much love I have in my heart for Saku. Everything about her. She's just always so chirpy. And yeah, she does give it back to Paul. She's got no, no fear. She's yep. fearless. But so chirpy, but also she keeps it real. She shows, yeah. if she's having a bad time, she also... With some sass, she lets you know it. Like she yep. doesn't, she's not like fakely over positive all the time. She was doing a flowery bomb and it was so to with bees and things. And she piped her, she was the only one that piped her meringue in such a clever way. Looked stunning. Yeah. Do you know what? They said, this is not really a bomb because it wasn't spherical. Having done dessert week when we did bombs for showstoppers, no one's bomb was an actual, actual sphere. Most of the time bombs are semi-circles yeah. so i thought that was a bit harsh unless they'd been told in the brief that it was meant to be a full mm. sphere um but yeah she looked impressive but it was cracked at the bottom and then her shoe didn't look great it looked a bit flat yeah uh, and they said that things were a bit oversweet which was the same as chrissy's over yeah. sweet and things yeah it was a shame because i was just always gunning for saku and when she said that she was going to bake meringues like two different times i thought no get them both in the oven because that's always going to go wrong you just know it yeah tasha's was quite good she did three of her outside meringues and then she cut them all off which was very good and um, they actually did let her stabilize hers hers was falling to pieces she propped it with a jar and usually you go, don't get let to kind of, they allow things to break, mm. but then it came to the judging and it was still standing up. Yeah, I did think that because I was thinking it must, yeah, they, she propped up and she didn't have to get rid of her support, which I thought was uh, hmm, interesting. Cheating. cheating. <laughs> um, she had a good balance of sweet and sour. Matty's was really nice. His flavors were off, but it, he did, like it looked really good from the outside. Yeah. Basically, they all kind of smashed it. They all did really, really well. Um, of the week, Dan was top. Yeah. Which we both think Josh should have been. Sorry, Dan. Well, actually, no, having said that, no, I do, well, actually looking back on the challenge, Dan did, came second, even though the technical wasn't really technical, he came second in the technical and Josh did slightly overbake his creme caramels. So based on that, I actually do think Dan did deserve, deserve okay. it. But I do think generally Josh does need to have a bit more. Like he he needs a bit more praise because he doesn't get enough. I love the fact Dan got it, but I did actually think Josh probably, just from the edit, looked like he had it. Mm. And then, more importantly, the Week 7 Elite, joining Michael and Jan <laughs> and all the rest of them out there, is Saku, I which know. Michael will be delighted with. <laughs> delighted, but also I'm just so sad she's gone because I do think 
that watching the show now without Saku, we've got had really big personalities go. Saku definitely. We had Dana, we had Rowan, we had uh, Nikki, and they all carried such a lovely bubbliness in the tent. So I think it's going to be really interesting to watch the show without Saku and the rest of them now. There will be a big Saku-shaped hole next week. Yeah. Me so happy that's over. I find dessert week a little bit stressful. David, was that an attempt at a miso pun? Well, that's super awkward. I think you just misunderstood. That doesn't even work. Oh, don't be so miserable. Okay, okay, I can't do puns. To be honest, when I was writing those, I was taking the most pleasure in imagining Michael's eye rolls when listening to this. But talking of tasty things, let's get on to this week's taste test. Right, I'll take it from here. So this week's taste test comes from Michael. Wait, is this our Michael? Is he that desperate to be a part of this week's episode? He is desperate and he is that desperate, but this is actually another Michael. Ah, okay. Well, Michael says that his co-worker eats leftover pizza by microwaving it and then dumping a load of scrambled eggs on top. What do we think? Has she discovered the new viral food trend or should she go to foodie jail? A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, it's us, advertising our OnlyFans again. If everyone just joined it, we could probably talk about this a little bit less, to be honest. Actually, if we all just make a point to pause the episode right now and go to patreon.com forward to Sticky Bun Boys to sign up, then we can stop doing these ads forever. Nice plan! For a small handful of change, you'll get access to early and ad-free episodes, as well as bonus content, including regular Q&As, access to our online community, and much more. Plus, you get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing you're helping us to keep doing the podcast. What more could you ask for? Whew, thank goodness this is the last ad we'll ever do. For this week anyway what do you think Christelle scrambled eggs on pizza oh uh, no At, well no I think texturally it's a, it's not okay I think a fried egg on a pizza if you're having a breakfast pizza put a bit of bacon on there bit of sausage it could be quite nice but scrambled egg no oh see I quite I guess I'm just thinking of it as like toast with scrambled egg on top with a bit more interest mm. 
Maybe if you rolled it up into like a burrito, like a breakfast burrito, then maybe it could work. Because it's cheese, it is a flatbread with cheese, tomato and scrambled egg in theory, but as a topping, it's a bit sus. It's not going to be the best, is it? It's very sloppy and soft. And also the pizza will be soft anyway. So you're going to go to jail, sorry. Not that Michael cares because it's actually his co-worker. <laughs> right, Christelle, I hear you've been diving into our inbox and having a look around and a bit of a rummage. I have. Um, so you've got a couple of questions from there. I do. So today's been really fun. So we have got one from Daniel. I think it's Daniel, but it's spelled really interestingly. It's D-A-N-Y-E-A-L. Daniel. Oh, Daniel. I quite like that. That's the way yeah, to spell it. Yeah, very cool. I'm glad you had to pronounce it. I <laughs> have no idea. So this comes in from Daniel. Hello, David and Michael and Christelle. I like to bake along with the theme of each week's Bake Off episode, but every year I'm always stumped by dessert week. I do not understand what is considered a dessert because here in the US, I'm pretty sure any sweet bake, cakes, pies, etc., is considered a dessert. Help! What is the criteria for something to be considered a dessert? Explain yourselves, please, and thank you. So, what, I mean, I don't think we know in particular, do we? No, I, I agree. I think anything can be a dessert. I think... When I think of dessert, it's always usually like the puddings, like the sticky toffee pudding or a steam sponge or... But I mean, it, it's like, it, it could also be a tiramisu. It could be an apple crumble. But they are, they all do fit. In my head, they all do fit. It's not just anything sweet. It's not a cake. You yeah. Might, you might... So that's the thing. You might have cake for dessert, yeah. meaning you're having it after your meal. But an actual dessert is, that like you say, a pudding or mm. a dessert. It's just a dessert. It's just a dessert. <laughs> I think maybe, I'm just thinking of the top of my head. In my head, a dessert is something that you have to have there and then. So you can't package it and sell it in a shop. So like a Victoria sponge or like Ooh. a flapjack. But whereas you have to have an apple crumble fresh. You have to have a sticky toffee pudding fresh. Even a slice of tiramisu, you have to scoop out and eat it straight away. Yes, yeah. So maybe that's that's possibly what it is i think and i don't even know if it, it's sound to me dessert always sounds a bit posher yeah because when i was a kid we would actually say pudding oh you're gonna have pudding mm, after yeah. dinner you wouldn't say you're gonna have dessert and dessert was like oh if people are coming around you're gonna have dessert so yeah i mean it pretty much is anything sweet afterwards but i think christelle has hit the nail on the head right next one okay the next one comes in from emily hello i love your podcast makes me laugh out loud every time is the food prop in the background of the tent real food ah oh, very good question no, it's not. Well, it's a mixture. So the croissants are plastic. The eggs are real. And I remember one of the producers once told us that those eggs are so old. And once one of the <laughs> eggs cracked and it literally smelled like a sewer had oh. shot itself, basically. A rotten egg is one of the worst smells. I once did it when I was baking and I cracked a rotten egg. And I couldn't bake for about two days oh afterwards. It was such a strong smell. Um, yes, some of them are, some of them aren't. Also, did certain weeks sometimes they bring out something more for like because it's a dessert week they bring something out they actually are real cakes yes often they're quite old and stale mm. and there's certain things like macarons and things they'll be real but yeah. there definitely are some plastic things out there as well yeah it's a good mix i'd say okay we've got a question actually michael said he's got a question oh. michael just couldn't leave us alone he basically wanted to be part of this the whole time okay hello it's me again i was feeling left out sorry i've actually got two questions which i want to pose to the pod this week the first question is mainly for christelle but also david because i don't know whether i know the answer to this for you what is the hardest week in your opinion in the bake-off tent and i don't mean these like kind of made up weeks like festivals week and party week whatever that's going to be but like i mean like the biscuit week the cake week the pastry week patisserie desserts like the classic ones which do you think is hardest and why and the second 
I have a severe problem with second dates. As in, the first date goes well, the second date seems to just either give me the ick or just the vibe is dead. Please, can you help me? What can we do to make second dates better so that I don't die alone? Oh, Michael. <laughs> I love the the contrast. They're great. <laughs> yeah, two very different <laughs> questions. I was not expecting that. However, it fits with our Fagniant section, which is baking and dating disasters. Oh, so... The first one, which is the hardest week on Bake Off? I mean, my mind jumped straight to patisserie week. Because I think Bake Off is a show for home bakers. So it's always the very homely, rustic bake. So cakes or breads or biscuits. I wouldn't say that a home baker should know about fine patisserie, making entremets or layered sponges and all these really fancy, delicate stuff. So I would say patisserie week. But if I did have to say one of the kind of more initiation weeks, and I would say bread, only because... Bread can be be very temperamental if it's overproved or underproved. Obviously, you've got Paul there who's giving you all this pressure. Um, and if the tent's too hot, and then obviously you're using proving drawers for the first time, which you don't have in your kitchens at home, so your dough just overproves and stuff. So maybe that. I would say bread as well because bread is. This just shows because that means Michael is a genius because he won bread week. Oh, yes. um, but yeah, bread, I think because it's a very experiential thing, bread, it's not, it's very hard to take it and translate it into another kitchen. Yeah. Um, so especially if you've not been practicing with the equipment, I think it's really, really tough. Uh, but then I would also agree with you, number two for me would be patisserie. Mm. So therefore that shows, this is fact, this is science, because we both said it, it's true. Uh, it's bread <laughs> and then patisserie or patisserie and then bread. The next thing, second dates. How do you deal with that? Oh my gosh, I rarely get a second date. But it's usually because I'll tell the person I'm not interested. Um, I just, I also get the ick very easily. So I think Michael's asked the wrong person because <laughs> I genuinely can't give dating advice because my love life is an absolute car crash at the moment and basically non-existent. If only you and Michael could go on dates together. I know. That would be lovely. I do find that the best men in life are either taken or gay. <laughs> that is that is my consensus. It's been my consensus for the past few years. Amen. Sorry, producer Alex. Um, <laughs> so I think that Michael thinks too much about the second date. He oh. allows himself to enjoy the first one, but a lot of gay men, once it comes to the second one, they're already thinking about a house, the shared car, or they're kind of letting mm. their mind run away with it. So then they're probably a bit too judgy for the second date, thinking, is this person literally Prince Charming or Aladdin from the Disney film as I would <laughs> want? Um, but like, like they're putting too much pressure on it. So I would say try because the thing is you can always say no on a third date or fourth date you're yeah. not you're not getting into do in too deep by just enjoying a second date however i do get it because if you thought okay let's just give them another chance because the first date's always exciting there's always things yeah. to talk about if there's no chat on the second date i think you're right to just dump them there's like especially living somewhere like london there's a yeah. lot more people out there yeah and i think i think also we're all busy people and i've had this mindset recently where i just think I don't want to waste my time. We're all busy. If I'm carving out my time to go on a date with someone, it better be worth it. And if it's not, then just please just kindly go in the bin because I really just don't need my time wasted anymore. I mean, Christelle is super busy, so do not waste her time, people. <laughs> right. We have got another section, which we started just a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't really a section, but it turned into a section where because I'm a bit of a like, I don't know what, I don't know how to describe it. I would probably describe, say, dirty, but okay. I would defend myself and say that I'm, it's okay. It's just other people are too clean. You don't clean. strike me as dirty. You seem like a really clean, very prim and proper, clean eating, clean on the outside, clean on the inside kind of guy. Well, I think uh, producer Alex is laughing into my headphones right now. <laughs> I I would say the same in the sense of, I think I go for kind of like, what she, like allowing the microbes to grow on my body, which is very healthy. But um... I mean, I've not showered since coming here. 
there to come here. I didn't shower the day before either. I've not washed my hair in 20 years. That's half my life. I've not washed what? my hair. So I think I do probably. And I think mm, I'm quite lazy with like personal hygiene. Really? Yeah. I really, I did not think that about you at all. Well, at least you can't, at least that says that you didn't smell me when I came in. Yeah. Um, so we have a section called, is it rude to you? Because Michael is like the etiquette queen. Okay. But you are the miso queen. Well. You are Princess Christelle. So I also think you would be able to answer these questions. So I've got some, is it rude to's. Okay. Unfortunately, Michael threw me under the bus in the episode and asked me on the spot to do a jingle. So there's this horrible jingle, which producer Alex will clip in. So here we go with the first one. Is it rude to? <laughs> Uses someone's face cream in the bathroom when you've asked to use their toilet. <sighs> Yeah, it's a bit of a nick because it depends. If it's a face cream in a tub where you've got to put your hand in it, that would give me the ick because you've put your your hand into that which is going to go on my face. That's quite gross. If it's out of a squeezy tube, it's a bit better, but still it's a bit weird. Like, why are you touching my stuff? <laughs> Unless you've said, oh, can I borrow your face cream? Like, I don't mind sharing, but just ask. Oh, I wouldn't ask. That's my, yeah. <laughs> I think this came to me because... I it's because I went to my friend's house mm. and went to the toilet and also in a previous episode you probably didn't listen to it, I don't wash my hands after the toilet usually so yeah going into the tub probably isn't a good thing mm. but it was a tub one and I was just in the bathroom and I was like I was like oh my face is a bit dry so I just looked for some face cream used it but then I went back into the living room and said like oh your face cream's lovely it's made my face feel really nice and she was like and my face was probably white because I put too much on and she was like that cost £60 a, a tub. And it was a really small tub. No. And I'm the kind of person that will just buy like a cheap hand cream and put it on my face. No. So yeah, I kind of did think that that might be rude. Yeah. This next one has come from one of our listeners. It's not from me. So the next one is, is it rude to <laughs> start eating when your food arrives when other people's hasn't yet? Okay. So this is an interesting one because I always wait and I think it's nice to wait however if if it's been a considerable wait and your food is getting cold I think it you should usually wait for someone to to say oh just eat because you know your food's gonna go cold don't worry our food's taking a while so I think it depends on the situation however I do think wait until everyone's food has arrived if it if they're all arriving at a similar time just wait oh see I'm the opposite to you in fact if we're ever having dinner together I think it's rude for you not to tell me to start eating because I'll be the same I'll sit and wait I think it's more rude for the other person not to say you start. Like well, your so that's the thing. Cold. So I usually will say, "Oh, please start, please start." Whereas if it's I'm the person eating, I'll I'll always wait. So it's a weird one because it's going to wreck your meal. Whereas they're yeah. going to come hot and they're going to enjoy it, and you're eating a cold meal. Yeah, I yeah. think really it's annoying when restaurants bring food out at totally different times. Yeah, because if you're going to wait for like. Maybe don't start straight away. I once had, <laughs> we went to a pizza restaurant and we'd cycled to Brighton from London. So I was starving oh and um, our pizzas were coming and mine came first. And literally someone's came 30 seconds after I'd finished my pizza. <gasps> I am the fastest eater you'll ever meet. Really? That probably was a bit rude, but none of us cared because we were like, yeah, we were ravenous. Anyway, the next one again, hasn't come from me, which okay. might surprise Michael because he's so rude. <laughs> Is it rude to pick your nose and wipe it under a chair if no one's <gasps> looking? No, 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 no. As in, not under any circumstances. That okay? Picking your nose a in public? No. Wiping it under a chair? At least wipe it on a tissue. Go and bleach your hand. <laughs> I bleach your just hand. can't. No, no. Do you know what I've done it before? Where so this isn't mine. I would never wipe it anywhere. If I'm ever going to do that, I wipe it inside my pocket. Which I think is quite clever because then no one sees it. It's like, 
Christelle's face. I'm gasping. Inside your pocket. And then so do the, you wash your trousers? Yeah, because then you can wash your trousers. It's nowhere. It's not going to go on anyone else. Oh my God. So do you Christelle's have a collection of bogey in your pocket right now? No, I don't have it right now because I don't. I, do, I actually don't do that often. Like you know, some people are like those kind of bogey people. Yeah, I don't think I'm one of those people. Ideally, I think just blow your nose. But worst is people who have those tissues that they like tuck under their sleeve and they blow their nose. It's, you can tell it's like being wet and oh! snotty, and then they tuck it on, into their sleeve. Oh my like, gosh. That is just Stop. throw it away. I don't care if that's fabric. Put it in the bin. Put it in the bin. Just put it in the skip. Burn it. Just get rid of it. I can't. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling a bit queasy. I don't know if anyone would think picking your nose and wiping it under a chair is ever okay. No. Having been a cleaner in my life as well, like some of the things you find stuffed behind things and under chairs and stuff. Also, under a chair is also quite gross anyway. I wouldn't never want to touch the underneath of a public chair. Yes, so it's just... I put my... Uh, you know, if you just like... I always get a bit like... ADHD so when I'm mm. like sitting down I'm always playing around with things and so sometimes I put my hand in chair and like touch chewing gum it's like yeah just put it somewhere else it's like so seriously gross. okay here's the last one is it rude to <laughs> remind someone that you've actually met before that kind of sounds weird so it's when yeah so once you've you're meeting someone and someone's like oh hi we've never met before and if you know actually we did and you were wasted mm. do you tell them is it rude to tell them I don't think it's rude because I've actually had that a lot of times where I've met someone and I actually would like to know if I've met someone before because then I then feel rude that I'm just going in saying, oh, hi, how are you? And then if I go home and then I figure out, oh my gosh, I've met that person. Why didn't they say anything? I would actually, I would find that weirder. So I would rather someone tells me, oh, we did meet or just, you can be humble about it. Just say, oh, we met. I don't know if you remember, but you know, it was at this party, there were loads of people, but I, I mean, hum- humble about it. It's like, oh yeah, we did meet, but I obviously wasn't important enough for you to, yeah. to remember me. Sorry. <laughs> I've done it multiple times to bake off people, but it's usually in humor because in the way that I introduced it for me, like it's because they were totally wasted, like barely able to stand upright. Stop. And so, and then Stephen Carter Bailey was one of them. Really? Yeah, it was a, a Marks and Spencer's event. And just by the door, he like literally could barely stand upright. <gasps> And he just introduced himself and we hugged and then then I was leaving. And then the next time I saw him, he was just like, oh, we've never met before. I was like, oh, yes, we have, Stephen. so <laughs> funny. Yeah, that, I think that's fine to say that. Yeah, I don't think, I think it's a good, I always think it's good to be honest and just tell yeah. them. I probably share too much and, and too honest with people. But I think it's better. It's more uncomfortable if you hold yeah. it in, isn't it? I agree. And then especially when you find out and you're like, why did that person just not tell me? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right, we're going to move on to the Olympics. Ah, so love we've it. got a few wicks this week and basically we need to decide which one is going through okay oh this is going to be hard number one we have my husband breathing <laughs> <laughs> brutal <laughs> i mean how brutal as in this person must hate their husband <laughs> it's you know that thing of when you really don't like the person you're dating and you just will find anything like my friend once was dating this guy and she clearly didn't like him. And she said to me, oh, he just calls me by my first name. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. That's very, you clearly hate him. Yeah, my husband breathing, this person wants a divorce. Or, or there, are, there, is, there are those times where, you know, oh, it's got a name, hasn't it? Where people find people eating too loud as being yeah. really horrible. And so maybe he has really bad breathing. But I think you're right. I think if you can't tolerate someone breathing, yeah. I mean, that's a brilliant ick, but probably not shared by many other people. That is so funny. Okay, next one we have. When he has multiple partially filled glasses of water around the house. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. that is an ick. I'm a bit of a tidy person, so I don't like that anyway. But 
that I hate that when you go to someone's house and there's multiple glasses, there's like three on the bedside table, two in the living room, one in the kitchen. Yeah. Worse is they've got like sticky finger marks on them. Yeah. Or like you can see the mouth marks. That's vile. But I will admit my sister loves a a half empty glass. That shows my pessimist. I just said half empty, not half full. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she loves a half empty glass all around the house. But they're clean, but they are, it's just a pain. Some um, people, I find it strange. My sister-in-law never finishes a cup of tea, but like will never, she only drinks half of it. On purpose? Yeah, she makes these massive ones and they're only ever half drunk. Really? Mm. Uh, you've given me a glass of water, so I'm going to leave it just there when I leave. <laughs> so you've got a half-filled <laughs> glass around the house. A lovely it for me. Okay, the next one we have, when his mum still buys his clothes too big so he can grow into them. Oh, oh my God, I feel I, sick. I feel sick. That is way beyond a nick. Because first of all, forget the growing into them. His mum is buying him clothes. Yes, exactly. No, that is wrong on every level. No, he needs to go in the bin. And this, so does his mum. Now I can see why you and Michael having problems with dating. <laughs> this is shocking. Right, that is that is awful. That's been the worst one so far. Okay, oh, next one. People that only eat half a chocolate bar. Yes. I mean, I would say Michael last week explained to me and the viewers, viewers, they're not viewing this, they're listening, the <laughs> listeners, about the difference between an ick and an annoyance. So an ick mm. should make you feel a bit like, Whoa, whereas yeah. I would say this is more annoying. I agree. And I don't like this. I do get frustrated when people, it's like when there's like a bit of cake and they just have half a cake, just cut a smaller piece. Don't yeah. just have half of it. Yeah. Unless you're going to do that thing where you're pretending you're only having half and then having half again. Yeah. Uh, but eating half a chocolate bar, no. <laughs> um, okay. Here's the last one. When you're at the theatre and you have to do that awkward half stab, half squat move while someone squeezes by you in the row. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Uh, that, that might actually be one of the ichabolics for me. I we agree. were actually at the theatre the other day. I went with a John Van Ness show. Yes. Uh, we were quite in the middle. And it's that thing when someone wants, and especially I'm one of the people that comes to the theatre. I've got a bag and a coat as well. Yeah. So like people stand on them and drag it along with them. But that squat, you feel so ridiculous it's the most obscene thing you're so on edge and obviously when that person gets up it's that sigh you think just sit back down please don't move please don't move then they want to move past you and you're not going to get out the row so you have to do that awful squat you feel so awkward you're just sometimes i do just think just stand up yeah because i do that little squat thing even in my head as i'm doing i'm like just stand up let the seat go fully up stand up and they'll be able to walk past you but it's it's that fear because you basically you want to cling on to the hope of still wanting to sit down and you just don't want to stand up because you don't want your seat to ping back up so you sort of do that squat because you want to quickly sit back down again but it's yeah. it's stupid well michael's a theater manager he needs to sort this out because i also don't like it when people have got really strong perfume they're pushing past you yeah. or they've got they've come out of the rain and they've got wet wet coat like uh, honestly yeah vile vile come also we're both people who are on time come on time to the theater yeah. stop coming late i just think there needs to be a policy they have that at gym classes if you're late to a class you just can't come in they need that with the theater sorry or if you're late you're an edgy person sit on the edge yes agree christelle which one is it for you <sighs> It's between the mum buying the clothes or being at the theatre. Oh, it's the theatre really, because to me it's between the theatre and just the husband breathing. <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah, I think that's so savage. The husband breathing is so funny, but... Uh, let's the theatre then, the theatre definitely. Because yeah. also that works for Michael because he's yeah. a theatre manager. Yeah, okay, perfect. We're racing through this series and next week it's the quarterfinals already. Have you enjoyed being a sticky bum boy, Christelle? Ah, being able to judge people from the comfort of my living room. What is not to love? I've 
also enjoy doing it from your living room, but that's mainly because you fed me. Now, can you do us a favour? Can you cajole our listeners into subscribing, writing in and joining our OnlyFans? Oh, my pleasure. Right, come on everyone. Most of you probably listen each and every week, but as well as subscribing, it would help to rate the podcast too. Only if it's a five star though. Please continue to write in and if you want more of David and Michael, join their OnlyFans for extra helpings of the Sticky Bomb Boys. Well said, Christelle. You can email us at stickybumboys at gmail.com or find us at stickybumboys on socials. Next week, Michael will be back, probably with a French accent and a French STI. But thank you so much for joining me this week, Christelle, and making this the most iconic episode we have ever done official. Keep it sticky, everyone. Just a little PS from me. David, if I find out you've been talking smack about me behind my back, I will release an entire episode of this very podcast dedicated to my Genoese, which I made in week five of our series in 2019 and didn't get enough praise for, and I will not get off this hill. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Band Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.